You've heard of Huntley and Brinkley, McNeil and Lehrer, Simon and Garfunkel, Bob and Ray. Now here's Mishigas and Malarkey. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? Good. How are you doing? All right. So uh, it's been a while, but we're back to season two, episode 25, also known as episode 34. So uh, what's new? Uh, well, the Democrats seem to be in array. Yeah, that so would make they... a good, uh, huge headline. You know, what do they call that? Wood, right? You know, like uh, on the uh, front page of a tabloid, Dems in array. Yeah, in fact, you know, I'm going to have to look tomorrow and see what the uh, what the headlines are, like the New York Post and the Daily News, the the old tabloid headlines. I wonder if this this will make it. But yeah, the Democrats passed their big bill. Wow, it was a uh, 50-50 Senate. I enjoyed the clip of the Vice President Kamala Harris casting the tie-breaking vote. Uh, she seemed quite happy to be doing it. Great. And, uh, and uh, that's all because of the Georgia runoff and a hundred other things that had to go the right way. Yes. So. And uh, what was cinema doing? I've been in Canada, well, New York and Canada for a week and not paying attention to the news. But what, what, tell me about the mansion cinema game. What, what happened? Well, the, the mansion thing suddenly, as best as I can make out, Manchin has been talking to Chuck Schumer all along. And then all of a sudden he Manchin decided that he uh, was going to participate or cooperate or however one wants to describe it. One theory that I heard is that Manchin realizes that the Democrats are probably going to extend uh, their majority, well, it's not really a majority now, it's a tie, but they'll pick up a few seats in the Senate. Really? Because of Pennsylvania and Ohio mm-hmm. uh, running J.D. Vance and Dr. Oz doesn't seem to be a good idea for the Republicans. But it, so, might, be a, it might be a good show for CNN. Yeah, but the, right. But the uh, Manchin may have realized that uh, he, he may become not all that relevant if if the uh if the senate is 52 48 or even beyond that uh mansion no longer gets to be president mansion he's just another senator so mm. he may have decided the time was right to uh you know just just fall into line so and then we, cinema too we, before also. you get to cinema should we send a harry and david gift basket to mansion's bolster uh you know, I don't. I oh. think we should still send him a lump of coal. <laughs> Although oddly enough, he's got lots of lumps of coal, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. And but didn't they give him something in the in the bill there? You know, they put yeah. Something there's in. something uh, for the pipeline industry. Like they gave some giveaways to his donors. So uh-huh. uh, so we should send him a uh, a dozen pipe cleaners. I mean, that's how this may have actually worked in practice is that his donors might have sat down with him and said, look, you know, next year you're just another schmo. Mm. So uh, why don't you try to, you know, get us some handouts now? Mm-hmm. Like a good and, boy. And cinema what? What was her game? Who the hell knows? Um, it, nothing she does makes any sense. For some reason, she was carrying water for the hedge fund bros mm-hmm. and wanted to hang on to this uh 
what is it? The carried interest tax credit, which right. is like, I, I heard an explanation of it the other day and my brain got sore listening to it. I mean, I, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things like I understand it, but let's not go into yeah. it now. But, it's like uh, basically turn all your losses into gains or something. Yeah. Something like that. So yeah. uh, anyway, she finally went along and didn't pull that. There was a, apparently there was some fear today that she was going to pull some last minute stunt, but in the end she didn't. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, wow. anyway, there, there you have it. So it's, uh, it's a big win for Joe Biden. Chuck which, Schumer's a happy man. Yeah. And, uh, that, that whole dark Brandon thing, the idea that, uh, once Biden got COVID, it was like his reverse kryptonite. It was I like see. the, it was like in the Marvel universe where, somebody gets hit with radiation and they get superpowers the COVID, yeah, yeah. Oh, the COVID I, has given biden superpowers i think i understand because he was he was quarantined in his basement and that's where he gets his power yeah it was something like that yeah whatever yeah. spending 18 days in the white house seemed to have in uh, a bunker seemed to have worked out you know Right. They made fun of him because he was locked up in his basement during the campaign. <laughs> and uh, now they locked him up in the White House. And, uh, you know, the, the key to Joe Biden is if you just lock him up, he gets stronger. Somehow. Well, yeah. And, and make sure that, you know, the, uh, he gets ice, access to ice cream. All right. Well, let's launch into the absolutely the last pandemic update. Uh, and you started talking about uh, Biden's case, right? Yeah, well, I think that I think the last time we talked, we were talking about Biden having COVID, and right. then he tested negative, and then he he had well, he had the Paxlovid, and then he tested negative, and then within a week or so, he had a rebound case. Really? So, oh yeah, yeah. I guess when you were in Canada, yeah, back Bi- again. Yeah, Biden was uh, tested positive again. So then he mm. was isolating still in the White House. And then mm-hmm. uh, this morning is the first he left the White House, and I, I think someone said eighteen days. Wow. So, uh, so he's had COVID twice in the uh, in the last few weeks. Wow. Or, and which know. which uh, variant did they say? I think it's that, what is it, the BA5 or whatever the... the There's one after that, is. isn't there? Yeah, it could be, but like I, I 12. think... 12. Yeah, I think it's the one that's like highly, highly transmissible. Mm. So, well, uh, knock wood thus far, I mean, even with all my travels, you know, I was I was wearing a mask in the airport, I was wearing a mask on the plane. And so far, so good. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's good. So, yeah. But yeah, there, there's still a lot of transmission. I, I looked earlier today at the CDC site, and the other day there was uh, something like 460 people died in the United States. So there's still mm. there's still a lot of people dying from COVID, even mm-hmm. with all the uh, the vaccination and everything. I mean, at least if you're vaccinated and boosted, you shouldn't be sick enough to go into the hospital. But some people are still getting quite sick. So uh mm. You know, I guess it's just never really going to fully go away. So, uh, mm. so be careful well, the, out there. Get well, your N95s. Might, yeah, we might get a, uh, a another booster, yet another booster in uh, in September or October that's engineered for the latest variant. Right, right. Pfizer and Moderna are supposed to be working on one that'll be uh, sort of like the way they do with flu shots or something. It'll be specific to whatever the latest uh, mm-hmm. variant is. So, mm-hmm. uh, so there's that. 
All right. And then we go to Insurrection Week. Uh, the last time we were doing the wrap up of the uh, final hearing for the for the summer or whatever it was. And uh, what's the new news since then? Uh, well, there's a federal grand jury in Washington investigating. Well, actually, there's two grand juries, apparently. One is investigating the people who stormed the Capitol, and the other one appears to be investigating what was going on in the West Wing of the White House. Mm. So they've been uh, taking testimony. Uh, there were two guys that worked for uh, Mike Pence who were in there testifying. Right. And... Uh, then they, they're going to have uh, the White House counsel, Pat Cipollone, is supposed to testify. Well, they want him to, they subpoenaed him to testify. So I guess he'll probably do some stunt where he tries to get out of it. But the, <laughs> the, uh, it's the, all negotiated, you know, uh, ask me about this, but not that. Yeah. Well, see, in the grand jury, he can't play that dumb game. So, mm. uh, you know, the, the, the January 6th committee let them do some of that because they just wanted to get him in there and get what they could. So they let him play his little game that he had privilege, but the grand jury doesn't have to do that apparently. Mm. So, but uh, then he can take the fifth there. Right. Yeah. And uh, then, uh, you know, they're, they're apparently, you know, getting into this. I mean, Pat Cipollone is, is, you know, he's as close to the oval office as you're going to get. So the question is, is the grand jury going after Trump? So we don't know yet, but mm -hmm. it, it appears they're, uh, you know, they're, they're interested in something. So that, that seems to be the case. Mm -hmm. Now, you said you saw a guy on TikTok who had a theory right. about this. Yes. What, what, what's all that about? Yeah, I, I, you know, it just came up in my feed, my For You feed. Uh, so I'm not following him, but uh, uh, I was interested to listen. He believes, and I don't know on what basis, uh, that um, uh, Trump's attorneys are talking to the uh, Department of Justice, right? Uh, and they are trying to see if they can come to an agreement or an understanding whereby Trump avoids prosecution and in exchange agrees not to run for president, for not to run for office and not to endorse anyone. Uh, so, you know, just basically saying that he will stay, get out and stay out of politics. I don't know. I mean, that theory sounds kind of crazy because you're mixing the legality of the justice department with a political campaign mm -hmm. issue. So it doesn't really seem to make any sense. I mean, that sounds okay. like, that sounds like a TikTok theory though, if I ever heard one. <laughs> well, there is some, that's not the wildest one on there, but um, uh, you know, I, I have always kind of said that uh, maybe a negotiated settlement would be the best thing because uh, you know, having not only the precedent, but, you know, the kind of uh, political disruption in the country that would probably ensue from something like that. Yeah. Um, see, I, I just don't know how, you know, how that would work. I mean, mm -hmm. it's it, like we've talked about the the 14th Amendment. And, right. Uh, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's it, it's an interesting idea. I just yep. don't see how how in the practical right. world that would work. Well, but, uh, we'll, we'll see how it sorts out uh, because, you know, Merrick Garland has a, a big mess on his hands. And uh, people, I, again, were suggesting maybe a, a special counsel would have to handle it. And so it's very tricky. 
but anyway, we'll 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 see what happens there. All right, right let's. All right. Well, speaking of crazies, um, in the Who's the Media segment, Alex Jones. So, yes. are we saying that he himself is the media, or that uh, the media focused on him? Well, he he has been a uh, a prominent media figure now, going back twenty years, I guess. Right? Really. Yeah, he was one of the 9-11 guys and one of the guys spreading all the Muslim stuff about mm-hmm. Obama. So here's and- the question, uh, you know, and I, I, I actually did spend some time talking with a, a classmate of mine, an old classmate. I wasn't we weren't close, but I noticed that on Facebook he was, uh, you know, right around, let's say, the uh, uh, the Obama, you know, sort of reelection campaign. Right. Um, that's, that's when people started to go a little crazy. And, um, I noticed that he was, you know, posting some things that were, uh, uh, not nice, uh, about Obama. So I, um, started like tuning into his, to this guy's posts again, just a high school classmate. And so when it finally came to, to Trump and QAnon and all this stuff, I was really sort of trying to figure out how does somebody, you know, get uh into this and and what 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 is what's going on in their head basically right right. and um you know it's it's a psychological thing i I think there have been papers written about it uh and you know whether it's about uh, people who are susceptible to being conned and how they refuse to you know uh to, to see that that they've been you know uh hoodwinked and made fools of and it's too painful but I also think that there could be something in the in the background, you know, uh, in the in the personal history that makes people susceptible to this kind of stuff. Yeah, I I think there's something to that. Like I've I've uh, I've seen people have these like crack ups on social media that I think is there's some, you know, some trauma or right. some you know, like they suddenly have like all this anger and all this spitefulness and yeah. it just, it's really, uh, comes out in strange ways. Uh, all right. Well, before we leave the whole Alex Jones thing, what, what, what's the Dropbox saga? Is that where yeah, his, well, yeah, his lawyers? Yeah. You probably, well, since you were traveling, you would have missed this. The, the lawyers for the plaintiffs got this enormous file. That's like the, the mirror image of Alex Jones's cell phone. And they did alert the other lawyers to it and said, you know, is this the right file? You know, is this, is this right? And uh, the other lawyers never entered any uh, legal papers about it. They could have entered a motion to, to block all that and say, you know, we sent that by mistake. It, you know, they can't use it. They didn't do anything. So after 10 days, the lawyers for the plaintiffs now can do anything they want with that material. Mm-hmm. So apparently now they say they have alex jones's text messages going back two years and uh whatever else is there so the january 6th committee wants to get uh get their hands on all that material mm-hmm. so that could be a big deal uh he would have been in touch with roger stone he would have been in touch with some of these people from these militia groups uh you know, if, if he had known ahead of time that there was going to be violence at the Capitol, there could be evidence of that on the phone. I mean, mm-hmm. who knows? There, there is, however, a question of the date 
of the material. Like mm -hmm. when did they make this image of his phone? If they did mm -hmm. it two years ago, then it wouldn't cover the insurrection. But if right. they did it a few months ago, it would. So, mm -hmm. uh, so that's All going right. to be interesting. There's some tech nerd stuff for you that could change the course of American history. Yeah. And are they ever going to either put him in jail or collect millions of dollars from him? Well, supposedly he has to hand over something like $49 million. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, I'm at the point of cynicism where I just think he always gets away with everything. So mm -hmm. somehow he'll just keep getting away with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, he, he should be put out of business for, for what he's done. I mean, right. he does, you know, I mean, the first amendment does not cover that kind of defamation. So, right. uh, all right, we'll see what happens to him. Okay. So on to the game. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you've kind of, uh, taken charge of the games and have come up with some good ones, usually, uh, with a historical angle. So what do you got this time? We're going to go to the Willard hotel. Oh. Now, we, we've been talking about the Willard Hotel as regards the insurrection because yes. there was that war room at the Willard Hotel. Now, mm -hmm. the Willard is this old uh, historic hotel. It's about two blocks from the White House. Mm -hmm. And uh, the current building was put up, I think, around 1901, something like that. But there was a Willard Hotel on the same spot going back into the early 1800s. And... Uh, Lincoln stayed there before his inauguration, which mm. you might remember. Uh, well, no, I was a little too young. But go okay. On. And then uh, <laughs> P.T. Barnum stayed at the Willard, Buffalo wow. Bill Cody, Mark Twain. Mm -hmm. um, there's also, by some accounts, Martin Luther King wrote his I Have a Dream speech at the Willard mm. when he was in D.C. just before the rally in 1963. Mm -hmm. So the Willard is always wrapped up in a lot of history. So they're talking about this Willard uh, war room, but the 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 uh, the famed Michigas or Malarkey game actually takes place in the Willard Hotel dining room, not the war room. Mm -hmm. It was uh, as as you may know, before the Civil War, there was a lot of violence among members of Congress, mm -hmm. and uh, you know they they fought duels. Member one congressman beat up a uh, senator with a cane on the floor oh, yeah. of the Senate, right? right remember that mm -hmm. so there was an incident at the willard hotel where a congressman from california got so upset about his breakfast order that he shot and killed a waiter wow and he got away with it mm -hmm. now is that is that too crazy a, a member of congress actually shooting a waiter and getting away with it is that <laughs> is that too insane well, i now, don't know could that have happened well, is that just true but strange, or did I just make that up? Uh, you know, it's it's so specific that I don't think you would have made it up. But, you know, it's very triggering for me because I get into trouble a lot with waiters. Yeah, yeah, and, I remember that, yeah. And chefs, you know, uh, like when I send my eggs back a couple of times and the chef comes out from the kitchen holding a knife. You know, right. that but um, I'm just going to say uh, this is true. You were you were correct. Yeah. It is a bizarre story, but it's true. There was okay. a a congressman from California mm -hmm. named Philemon T. Herbert, mm -hmm. and one morning in May of 1856. Now this is interesting. 1856, there was a lot of trouble in Congress. There was uh, 
you know, the, the oh, big yeah. issue, of course, was slavery. It, was, it mm. would be a few months later when the congressman Preston Brooks beat Charles Sumner with a cane. Uh-huh. So this, uh, this congressman from California, he was originally from Alabama, and he had gone to California and kind of struck it rich as a gambler. Mm-hmm. And then got himself elected to Congress. So he was one of these like, uh, like, uh, you know, California gambler character who carried a Derringer. <laughs> and yeah. uh, he he ordered breakfast and he was told, uh, this is something that could happen to you. This is why we don't let you carry a Derringer. Uh-oh. He, he ordered breakfast and they told him that, the you know, it was after 11. The, the breakfast menu was over. He couldn't get that. <laughs> and uh and he got really upset and he started screaming at the waiter and he uh, he called the waiter an Irish son of a bitch. Whoops. And they started tussling around and the guy pulled out his Derringer and he shot the waiter and killed him. Wow. And, uh, and he was prosecuted, but he there, there was a hung jury and he uh, he more or less beat the rap. But what happened was he went back to California and he didn't run for Congress again. I see. And uh he well, later might have been a to, might have been a negotiated settlement. Yeah, he later moved to Texas and joined the Confederate Army, and then Uh-oh. he was killed. He was killed in the Civil War, oh, so he uh, he did get his comeuppance. Mm. So that's uh, so that's the the Willard War Room, but it happened Very in the good. dining room. The uh, there was actually a congressman who murdered a guy in the middle of the uh, dining room of the Willard Hotel. Yeah, I mean, I you know some of my uh, encounters, you know, some of my meals uh, go the same way, but um, uh, the Willard—that's uh, where we think that uh, Mark Meadows was calling into the war room, right? And who—that's who, uh, right. Who was supposed to be in there? Bannon and um, Stone. I, yeah, I think Roger Stone and Bannon. I I don't know if Navarro was there. I mean, he was. Uh... Yeah, I'd love he to was, see a, a velvet painting of that, you know, like a, the, the, the yeah, war room be, at the Willard. It would be like the dogs playing poker. Yeah, yeah. But so the, uh, that was a good game. That well, was yeah, a, well, the, the Willard the Willard will come up again. I think I'm that sure. uh, in the future hearings, I think we may hear more about the Willard. So anyone who has availed themselves of this podcast will now have a fun trivial story to tell people at cocktail parties. Wonderful. Do people still, people still have cocktail parties. I I don't know, know, but if they, if anyone tells that story at a party, they'll definitely get the side eye. That would be, uh, that that would be, that would be it. Yeah. I haven't been to a cocktail party or any other kind of party in probably decades, but uh, which is why I'm doing so well in the pandemic. But uh, there, you know, most of the people, let's see, I mean, in the airport and on the planes, they were wearing masks. But once I got to uh, Canada, I would go into places and they would say, you know, are you, you know, they'd see me with the mask and say, are you not vaccinated, sir? You know, something like that. Right. Well, you know, they don't understand, like we live in places where most people are not or right, at least right. a third of the people are not. So, yep. yeah. And have you been to any, uh, if not cocktail parties, have you been to any uh, family events or anything like that where there's bunches of folks? No, 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 mm. no. I, uh, but I, I, you live a solitary life. I try to, <laughs> I, I make my best effort. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I go for a walk every morning and I wave to the same people every day. Oh, and, that's uh, nice. I think there's a book in there somewhere. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
So we got to go on to hit list or shit list. But, you know, and, and I was going to talk about this uh, movie I saw on the plane, um, which is called Come On, Come On. And it's written and directed by Mike Mills. And I thought, wait, wasn't he like in R.E.M.? But it's not that guy. Um, so it's, it's a, another director who had a few uh, they're sort of kind of art, art, art oriented, artsy type films and this one is in black and white which made it kind of you know nice to to watch and it starred uh, Joaquin Phoenix as um, a guy who you know does uh, he's like a public radio announcer or you know has a show and interviews uh, kids um, about their thoughts about what's going on in the world and about their future. So, you know, that's very interesting. And a lot of those interviews are done in the movie with um, uh, non-professional actors. And it's, it's very touching. And uh, he's an uncle to a, a boy and he has to take care of the boy for a while while the mother is uh, taking care of a health emergency. And, uh, you know, it was shot in Detroit, in New York city, in, I think Los Angeles. And, um, just in New Orleans. And so, you know, a lot of interesting situations, dialogue, uh, visuals, again, all in kind of black and white. And I just highly recommend that movie. But I did want to give you an opportunity if, if there's anything, because I've been monopolizing the hit list or shit list, if there was anything that you wanted to uh, bring forward. Uh, you watch gardening shows, you watch... Uh, yeah, else? I watch Gardener's World. I, I subscribe to BritBox specifically to watch Gardener's World, but mm -hmm. I've also uh, started... There's a show called Country File that's on there that I've been watching every week where these mm -hmm. people go around the British countryside, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next episode. They go to Hadrian's Wall, which would <laughs> be, uh, be kind of interesting. Yeah, and they they go to farms. They go to you know it's just the the countryside. It's kind mm -hmm. of a, a fun escape from uh, the garbage on American TV. Right. So all right, all right. So well, that's a good good catch up, and um, you know we'll you know pending developments. I mean, if there's things to say, we'll come on weekly, and uh, otherwise we'll you know we'll wait for uh, something exciting and then jump on. But it was good to reconnect now, and uh, after my week in uh, you know sleepy Canada, and uh, and and we're back in the in the saddle, so to speak. Yeah, well, I suppose we are. So. All right. Well, take care until next week. Okay, take it easy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.